0: From the Financial Times in New York, I'm John Authors and this is FT News. Big news today, Federal Reserve Vice Chair Stanley Fisher tendered his resignation. The second in line to Janet Yellen was not due to leave until his term ended in June of next year. The Fed's Board of Governors now has four seats vacant out of seven, giving President Donald Trump the opportunity to recast the entire policy direction of the central bank. As he might put it, he owns the Fed now. Joining me to discuss this is the FT's U.S. economics editor in Washington, Sam Fleming. Hi, Sam. Hi, John. So, Sam, I suppose the first question concerns why Stan Fisher has chosen to leave eight months early. The official reason is uh, that he's leaving for personal reasons. Uh, Do you think that's true?
1: Yes, I do. I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that uh, his term was due to end uh, in June of next year. It could have been renewed, obviously, but I think most people expected it not to be renewed. So this accelerates a departure that most in the markets were expecting. In any case, I do think it was uh, for personal reasons. uh, And I think really now people are going to start thinking about what next, who replaces him and how this changes the balance of power in the Federal Reserve Board.
0: Now, in terms of the balance of power, we have literally a majority of places among the governors vacant once uh, stan fisher does stand down what effect does this have on the likely chair what order are we expecting the new appointments that need to be made to uh, to be uh, addressed
1: well, one of those vacancies has been addressed in the sense that uh, Randall Qualls has been nominated uh, to be Vice Chair for Financial Supervision by Donald Trump. That's still before the Senate. They're looking at it on Friday. A full vote will come later. He's likely to go through. And so one of those vacancies, those four vacancies that you mentioned, should be addressed. One would assume before the end of the year, although it's difficult to tell with the uncertainties of the legislative timetables. Now, what this resignation today has immediately done is prompt speculation as to whether this becomes more or less likely that Yellen will get reappointed when she comes up in February of next year. I think it's really very difficult to conclude either way that Stanfish's departure affects Janet Yellen's prospects. I mean, there is an, an argument, for instance, that By losing such an important uh, right-hand person to the chair, the president will say, well, it's important, therefore, that we keep yelling on because we want continuity. I don't know if that's really how the president thinks about these things. I mean, you said it in your intro. He has the opportunity to completely recast the Federal Reserve in the image in which he wants to take it. I shouldn't think he'd be that worried about continuity. Continuity may be a dirty word from him when it comes to the Fed.
0: On that point, we've had various conflicting comments from Mr. Trump, over the years. In the election campaign, he thought that interest rates should be higher. Uh, more recently, he has been in favor of a weak dollar, which implicitly uh, suggests that he wants to keep interest rates low. Do you think he genuinely has an interest in moving in a clearly uh, ideological way towards a more hawkish or more conventional approach to monetary policy Uh, Or again, do you just think that he doesn't think in those terms?
1: I think he thinks in terms of uh, political expediency, at least uh, that's one important factor. It was clearly expedient during the election campaign to accuse, as he did, Janet Yellen of having some secret bargain with the president to keep rates low and help the Democrats. He immediately dropped that argument when he came into power and said he was a low rates person and then standed far more supportive of Janet Yellen, has declined every single time he's been given the opportunity to criticise Yellen and to question the Fed. Clearly, he wants stability there. So at this point, it's very difficult to see any ideological approach to how he wants to cast the Fed. Certainly the two appointments that we are expecting, Randall Qualls, which has been announced and then he hasn't announced, but many people expect Marvin Goodfriend, an economist, to be appointed as another Fed governor by Trump. Both of those people tend to the slightly more hawkish end, have talked about the the merits of monetary policy rules when setting interest rates, which would put them at the Conservative end and, and would appeal to some of the Conservative Republicans in Congress. So that you could extract some sense that he wants a more a stricter, more rules-based monetary policy from those appointments. On the other hand, as I said, he talks about being a low-rates person, uh, which wouldn't necessarily go in the same direction. So it's uh, it's hard to draw any strong conclusions. The only conclusion I would draw, though, which I think is quite clear, is that the Republicans want to loosen financial regulation. Stanley Fisher was extremely outspoken in warning of the dangers of this. So from that point of view, the Republicans will see his departure, or some of them at least, will see his departure as removing an opponent within the Federal Reserve system to some of the reforms they want to push through. And I think that Donald Trump is certainly part of that movement within Republicans who say that banking regulation since the crisis has been weighing on the economy.
0: Right, not necessarily uh, in line with uh, the uh, views of many of the people who voted for him, I think it might be fair to say, who felt that Wall Street had got off too lightly after the crisis. One final question. Uh, We can't avoid a horse race question on on, on this subject. If it's not Janet Yellen, the two names that are being mentioned most frequently are Gary Cohn, ex-Goldman Sachs, currently Donald Trump's advisor, and Kevin Walsh, also a former investment banker and veteran of uh, all the desperate attempts to keep the economy going during the crisis. Is there any good reason to think that either of those is the most likely front runner at this point?
1: I think most people until recently would have very much put their money on Gary Cohn. The only question I would raise at this point then is how Gary Cohn's uh, interview with the FT a couple of weeks ago, in which he was critical of Mr. Trump's uh, response to Charlottesville, will affect the president's perception of Mr. Cohn and whether that could affect in turn his potential candidacy for the Fed. You're quite right. The other name we hear a lot is Kevin Walsh, who's very well connected, also has experience in the Fed, was, as you say, a kind of right-hand man to Bernanke during the financial crisis, a conduit between the Fed chair and Wall Street, along with Tim Geithner. So an important player at that time, and is certainly is widely viewed as having an appetite for the role, shall we say. So I think it, he's certainly another person to watch.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Sam, you can read more, including that fascinating interview with Gary Cohn at FT.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface.